What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce presented by Ping Pong Payments. I'm Ryan Kramer, and welcome to episode 79 of this lovely show that I have deemed Crossover Commerce presented by Ping Pong Payments. Before we get started on today's episode, let me tell you a little bit about Ping Pong Payments. We are a marketplace. We provide marketplace sellers and entrepreneurs global solutions for controlling their domestic and international funds, both outbound and inbound. An account with Ping Pong enables companies to significantly reduce their costs when receiving or making international payments all in one platform to help increase operational efficiencies, saves time, and also saves money. Why wouldn't you want to sign up today? Go ahead and check out Ping Pong Payments in the link below. Go ahead and sign up for free today and get your first month of FX for free from Ping Pong Payments. Go ahead and check out that link below if you haven't already signed up today. Otherwise, if you are joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, or Twitter, welcome. I appreciate you joining this episode of Crossover Commerce. If this is your first time or your 79th time, welcome aboard. We love to have you here. If you happen to be watching this not live, but on Team Replay, again, welcome. And thanks for spending some time to understand and listen to Crossover Commerce. We love having you here about this show my job is to bring you insights and expertise in the e-commerce and Amazon fields. And that is what I do every single time I go live. I go live about four to five times per week, which is a lot of content to bring to you, the Amazon or e-commerce seller, just to give you perspective in the space. Um, no biases, no nothing here. It's just all pure content. And hopefully I will be able to squeeze each guest out to get one piece of nugget that you can apply towards your business starting today. Um, again, if you aren't watching this live on any of the social media platforms, you can download us on any sort of podcast location, including Amazon, uh, Spotify, Google, uh, Amazon music, you, you name it. We're going to be there. Just search crossover commerce with Ryan Kramer or presented by ping pong payments. That's how you'll find us. Just check out our logo from there. Again, if you can't catch us live, make sure that you do check out those replay options. And if you are watching this live, go ahead and share, like, and post this content with your network, the more information we can get out there to our audience, the better. Just go ahead and share that right now there on the bottom right-hand corner with your audience uh, and go from there. Um, but about our guest today, it's not just about me. If it was just about me, that would be one hell of a show, but I bring on guests to give you insight and expertise in the field. Uh, and this is what this conversation is all about. But about our guest today, coming all the way from Australia, uh, a little bit early. I have to check on the time zone right now, but it's late for us here, early for them. But he is the co-founder and managing director of Merchant Spring. Paul is the, uh, he started his career as a management consultant and spent many years leading large retail and e-commerce businesses down under in Australia. He lives in Melbourne uh, with his wife, two children and Boston Terrier Kiko, awesome name. Uh, and about the business that he helped uh, uh, co-find Merchant Spring. It, they are a next-generation analytics platform and business dashboard designed specifically for professional marketplace sellers, full-service and marketplace agencies, FBA investors, you name it. They integrate with Amazon, eBay, Walmart, Shopify, and over 70 other marketplace uh, marketplaces to provide clients with a whole of business perspective on commercial and operational performance. Merchant Spring accelerates sales on Amazon and marketplaces such as Amazon by highlighting sales opportunities and operational risks in real time. So we'll get to dive in a little bit about that and just the opportunity to grow in general on different marketplaces all around the world. Well, help me welcome to the show, Paul Sonfeld of Merchant Spring. Paul, welcome to Crossover Commerce. How are you doing today? I'm great, Ryan. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me on the show. And uh, I noticed you're only three shows away from the the magical 100. So uh, certainly looking forward to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a couple more. I think what what did I say 79. Maybe like it feels a little bit more than that. So, but we're we're trucking along pretty quickly. Like I blink and I we did 30 in season one, and I've already you know tomorrow's episode 80. So it just kind of blinks and 
all this content that we're producing for people is it's fantastic and I love it. Well, well done. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So you are in Australia. So this is not somebody in my backyard in the United States. This is someone on the complete other side of the world. Uh, happy tomorrow. I guess it's Wednesday there. So it's, this is, it's still, this is what still the Tuesday here. Like. Yeah. This oh, is that, that's amazing. The future right here. Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. I like you have the ability to look into the past. I have the ability to see into the future. So like this, this is fantastic. We're already breaking barriers today, but um, so maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Like I, I wasn't very familiar with Merchant Spring until you guys kind of found us through our podcast and some of the conversations we were having with Amazon sellers. Tell us about you. Tell us about the company. Like what's that story of Paul and uh, his team over there in Australia? Yeah, sure. Um, look, about Australia has really lagged a lot of the other Western markets when it came to marketplaces. So about four years ago, we really only had eBay here uh, in Australia. And then Amazon announced they were coming. Um, and that's really spurred a whole sort of evolution of marketplaces. So, uh, you know, Australian sellers and international sellers selling in Australia right now are, you know, ha have, the, have the option of probably, you know, selling on, on, on five to six decent marketplaces and making some pretty good money on that. But with that, I think a whole new industry started. And, and three years ago, you know, we were probably, I don't know if we can claim to be like the first full service marketplace agencies, but we, we were certainly uh, there at the start, uh, you know, well before even Amazon launched. And to really help Australian brands and sellers uh, take advantage of marketplaces, you know, particularly in the context of, you know, store sales are down, but e-commerce is growing and marketplaces are taking, taking, you know, a bit like everywhere else in the world, you know, up to like two thirds of the total pie in terms of e-commerce product sales. So we started an agency uh, three years ago uh, here in Australia. We still run that agency. It's very much a separate business now. Uh, but about a one year in, we're managing lots of clients across different platforms, across different geographies, and and we really hit a real problem around, you know, how do you how do you manage all these clients, right? How do you make sure that even just basic things like Amazon Seller Health, you know, is in good shape? You know, how do you make sure they're getting a good return on their advertising? And you know, the way we solved it initially is just having lots of VAs doing lots of manual checks, you know, and we sort of had a team just checking, checking things like all the time and like, this is crazy. We've got to stop this. Um, we looked pretty, um, pretty wide in terms of say, look, are there any tools out there that really allows you to, uh, you know, manage multiple marketplaces and give insights across a whole portfolio of stores, you know, and we couldn't, we couldn't find any, you know, there's some really awesome, particularly in the Amazon space, there's some awesome tools out there. Uh, but they're all based towards the individual seller really selling on one marketplace. You know, there's nothing there that sort of says, right, multiple marketplaces, multiple geographies, you know, multiple stores. Um, so to cut a long story short, Ryan, we, we just built our own. Um, we hired a couple of developers. We then, you know, raised some, uh, raised some funds. Uh, and we actually, you know, after using our tool internally, uh, you know, for ourselves for about a year, we then rebuilt it and launched it to, uh, to, uh, to the rest of the world. So. So now, you know, what our, our Merchant Spring represents is a, you know, a, a complete analytics uh, solution really geared towards, I would say, professional marketplace sellers. You know, you need to be selling across, you know, two or three marketplaces or more. Otherwise, I don't think we just simply don't add enough value or um, full service marketplace agencies. And we provide them with the unique ability to look at your total portfolio of clients or marketplaces and really get that total business perspective what's happening across happening across all your marketplaces and then providing you really with the ability to quickly drill down into each store to understand what are my sales doing what's my profit doing what's my ppc doing how's my health going and a whole range of other things um really allowing you know people to save substantial time you know just think about how much time you know most of your listeners are, are logging on to seller central doing two-factor authentication you know, then checking something and then repeating that process, uh, you know, lots and lots of times. In fact, I was talking to one of our, uh, you know, agencies, uh, clients in the Netherlands, you know, a really big one. Uh, they said to me yesterday that, you know, the person I was talking to is using that tool is using, is, is saving an hour a day just on basic admin tasks like that. So, um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about, uh, a little bit about us. Awesome. And never, as everyone knows that time is the number one commodity you can't get back. So you guys are ultimately saving time but also just confusion and just insights in general. You can get that all in one place, almost like a ping pong where you can see all your uh, inbound income, incoming and outgoing uh, money uh, in one platform. So interesting. You said you haven't seen in any other place around the world. Why do you think that is? Like if, if all these tools are important to an e-commerce seller and people who are scaling, 
do you think that people are just what, what's the reason why why hasn't this been built until you guys look i think i can think of a couple of them i think the way the Australian market evolved is a bit different to other markets where, um, you know, take North America or even uh, Europe. You know, Amazon has been so large that for many, probably for a space of 10, 15 years, depending on the country, you know, growing your Amazon store and a single store in those markets, um, you know, has been has been fantastic. And, you know, you know, a lot of sellers have been able to build great businesses out of that. Um, I think in Australia, it was, it was different because Amazon, even today, is still the number two. Um, so Amazon is not the, the one platform that's going to give you a, a massive business. So certainly here in Australia, people are forced to go across multiple marketplaces. Um, and even we're seeing that now in, in other markets, so obviously, you know, a lot, lot more interest in terms of Walmart uh, in, in, in the US. Uh, you know, in Europe, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, Amazon sellers spreading out to other Amazon regions, uh, you know, and when you're managing multiple regions uh, and multiple platforms, it just drives a lot of complexity. So, you know, the, the need to, um, you know, to see your business in a single dashboard, I think it has really grown the last few years. And, you know, arguably it probably didn't exist to the same extent um, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, look, the other thing I would add is integrating, like we integrate with over uh, 80 different marketplaces now. Uh, and, you know, that is a massive effort in terms of there's a lot of heavy lifting on, on the technical side there. So, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure we follow the 80. If we if we follow the 80 20 role, we would probably would have just stick with Amazon, right? Um, but right. we decided to to go broad and make sure we can meet the needs of our clients. Interesting. So, like, how many different marketplaces are you supporting? You said 70 plus. Is that is that still true? That number? Yeah, yeah. It's probably uh, so. We support um, all of uh, Amazon uh, globally, including Poland and, and Sweden markets that have come on uh, recently. We do all of the eBay uh, system, including, uh, you know, uh, US Motors uh, for eBay. We then do um, over 70 or 80 different marketplaces, over 80 other different marketplaces, you know, and these are can be, you know, small ones like, um, uh, like, you know, Catch, for example, here in Australia, to Walmart in Mexico, to, uh, you know, FNAC in France. Um, there's, there's really a really long list. Um, and we're always working on more. So typically, we're always working on one or two. So right now, we're about to launch Wish, the Global Connector for Wish. We're about to launch C-Discount, which is a, a very popular option for international sellers in France. Um, and, you know, we're, we're looking to get started on, on Etsy and, um, and WooCommerce uh, in the next month or so. Awesome. Yeah, all fantastic ones that we support here on our end. So in, in that capacity, if you're supporting all those different marketplaces, like you said, and you and I know, but if people are listening to this and they're saying, why is there so many different marketplaces? I didn't know 70 existed. Uh, what What's a marketplace to you? Is it a country? Is it a platform? Is it a location? Like what, what is a platform definition for you? Um, yeah, there? yeah, sure. Yeah, and I'm, I'm probably, um, let me just tighten that up a little bit. For us, uh, you know, we look at marketplaces as the, um, I guess, more of the traditional uh, interpretation, right? Where an e-commerce uh, play or, or you know, a presence provide the online platform for you to actually sell things. So you are the merchant of record. Uh, so, you know, Amazon, eBay, it's very much those guys. I did mention Shopify and WooCommerce there. Uh, probably gets a little bit confusing. Just, you know, I want to clarify, we don't, consider those to be marketplaces, but we like to link them into our tool because our customer asking us, you know, you're connecting to eBay, Amazon, Walmart, and all of that, that's great. But if I could only connect my Shopify store or my WooCommerce store as well, then I have the whole picture. And what they're really interested in is, is seeing their total business performance. Um, so hence, we're starting to build out a couple of, you know, CMS connectors too. Interesting. So. It, so if I'm am I using you guys, I'm going to use you to holistically look at all my efforts that I can in all these different marketplaces. Um, if I'm selling in Canada, Mexico, Australia, is there a place that you guys are operating under that is, is definitely needed in terms of like either country or marketplace? I know you mentioned a couple earlier, but is there a glaring one in your mind that's just really difficult to get into? Um, from a seller point of view, is that that's what you're asking? Yeah, from a seller point of view. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, a lot of things uh, come to mind. I mean, I think it, I find the whole marketplace arena a, really a fascinating space, right? Um, you know, certainly the, the the sort of speed bumps that we see at the moment are. You know, let me just give you some examples, right? Uh, one has just been removed, right? So 
we're seeing a lot of interest from European sellers, um, from from Australian sellers to to want to go into Walmart, right? In the US, um, they've already got their Amazon. You know, it makes sense, right? You already got your 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 Amazon store. You've already done a lot of the legwork around content. You probably have a three PL uh, in the US, and you know, going on Amazon is great, but up until uh, you know recently, it's been really, really tough. You, know, you really have to prove that you're an, a US-based seller, that your product has meaning to US sellers, and, and a couple of other technical requirements. They've just announced that they're removing that, and they're really focusing on international, uh, you know, expansion. In fact, I know they're they're focusing pretty big on uh, you know China as well. So that one's removed. The other one um, is um, you know perhaps some something you don't tend to hear about a lot, but there are some really amazing marketplaces in Southeast Asia. Um, so, you know, the two ones that maybe your listeners are less familiar with, but I think really interesting, you know, in terms of first points of entry are places like Shopee and Lazada, right? Mm -hmm. for, for those sellers who've never heard of them, Lazada is a little bit like, it started by Rocket Internet many years ago, a little bit like the copycat of Amazon. So if you're familiar with Amazon, actually, you, you know, when you, when, you, when you trade on Lazada, it, it will, a lot of things will look familiar to you. But what is great about Lazada and, and Shopping uh, is that they cover six or seven different um, countries in Southeast Asia. So again, you know, allows you to access uh, those markets quite easily. The challenge, of course, that you have, and same you see that in Europe as well, is is some local language requirements, right? So Singapore, Malaysia, you know, English is absolutely fine, but as soon as you get into Thailand uh, and some other really like Indonesia is a massive market, right? Um, absolutely massive. Um, of course, local language translation becomes really, really important, you know, and obviously then it becomes key to, key to engage with a local partner to do some of that translation and uh, keyword optimization and the like. Absolutely. So where where is a lot of the growth happening? Like you guys have all this data and analytics. You see where people are putting more of their, their eggs in basket. I personally tell people, hey, listen, we learned in 2020 a couple things. Sourcing logistics is king. And if you don't have that down pat, you're going to suffer as a seller. Two is that there's other opportunities outside of just Amazon, because if you're solely selling on Amazon and they shut you down, there's a listing problem. They just shut you down for product reasons. Um, there's a hundred different things that could, could potentially go wrong. And then your source of income is out the door, out the window, your business is kaput. So what we've been telling people on the show constantly over the course of it's Inception is diversify, diversify, diversify. That's in different countries, different locations, marketplaces. Where's the growth happening? Where are you telling people start in .com? I'm assuming that's where you sell, tell people to start, .com. Yeah. What's next? Well, it's interesting. We don't always start when you say .com, you're talking about their own website, right? Um, or we don't I, say, always... I say Amazon.com, that's my fault. So okay. I say so start on Amazon. Amazon. I, I absolutely agree uh, with you on that. Um, it, it depends a bit on your starting point, but certainly if you're an existing Amazon seller, right, and, and you've done all the hard work and you've done brand registry and all those things, uh, for sure it's easier to, uh, to, to think about other Amazon ecosystems. Um, I think within that, uh, I think it's really important not to get, you know, let's face it, Amazon does an amazing job at, at marketing um, whenever they launch in a new country. Right, and it's also tempting to say, "Oh, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon." And you know, I think Poland and Sweden, even the Netherlands, are a good example, and even Australia to some extent. You know, it takes, even though Amazon is is a phenomenal business, there's a reality of it does take a number of years to hit sort of that critical mass. So that's um, you know that's hard. So if you are say looking at if you're selling in the US, um, uh, and you're you're an established Amazon seller, you know, the question is what what Amazon ecosystem do you go next? Um, you know, I, I would certainly, the first point I would say, you know, think about Europe. Um, of course, the UK is, is the obvious question, you know, very little translation to do, a bit of optimization, that's that. Um, outside of that, and, you know, because of Brexit and all that, the pan-European fulfillment piece isn't really working as well as it, as it used to be. Uh, outside of that, I think your next point of call is, is, say, setting up in Germany. You know, Germany is an absolutely massive market, uh, you know. Set that up as your base. Yes, you're gonna to have to do some translation, uh, and, and from there start adding some of the other big markets. You know, France, Italy, Spain. Right? Those are the those are the the four. Look, to be honest, the Netherlands, Sweden, Poland, like they're kind of nice to have. So you know, I wouldn't necessarily focus on that. If you then take a you know a zoom out and you go right, where else on Amazon uh, makes sense? Um, 
look, uh, India right now is absolutely booming, right? If you look at what, what Amazon has done there versus their local competitors like Flipkart and all that, you know, they've had like two or arguably three goes of this, but they are definitely smashing it right now. And, you know, if you think about the population there, there's so much upside there. Um, it's really, really interesting. Now, getting into Amazon India is a lot trickier, you know, uh, around incorporation and, um, you know, being needing to, on, to be on the ground. So there is some hurdles there, but if you can overcome that, I think India is, is going to be a very interesting market. Um, and the same with uh, uh, the Middle East, actually. Uh, so obviously, mm -hmm. uh, Saudi Arabia, UAE, we don't really talk a lot, a lot about it, but, um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of movement that's going to happen there as well. So maybe, um, maybe a, yeah, I was going to say maybe a fun exercise to do is like, what are the benefits to each of those markets? Like we talked a lot about countries and people are like, oh yeah, countries like India, that's great. Like benefits, like what, what are our yeah, yeah. Like, knowledgeable insights and takeaways we can take? Like if this is my brand, I really need to start putting some either money resources or just time into researching about these places. Can we break that yeah. down real quick? Like those top four or so? Yeah, yeah. So, well, let, let me give you the framework in terms of how we think about it, um, because this applies to other marketplaces that you'd be looking at as well. Um, the first two really important metrics are supply and demand, right? Sounds like basic, right? But don't be fooled by just the size of the marketplace, right? The size of the marketplace and how many people shop there and the growth surely is important, but you've got to put that alongside how many people are actually selling on that marketplace, and what we're finding is where we see our clients really outperform and do well is where that ratio works in their favor, right? So in other words, the strong growth, big marketplace, but the amount of sellers on there, you know, as, as maybe a ratio analysis compared to say North America or other places looks very favorable. You know, I called it like there's more fish food to go around, right? Um, um, so, you know, if you think about, you know, uh, sorry, let me just finish the frame. The third one is obviously around, you know, what's your average price points and what's your, you know, what, what is the willingness to pay? You know, so take someone, something like Indonesia or India, right? Massive markets, uh, you know, billions of people. And really at the start of, um, you know, e-commerce, you know, adoption there, right? So, you know, whereas North America is fairly mature, um, there's a lot of just macro growth that's going to happen in those markets. Um the amount of sellers there, you know, certainly sellers are not yet as sophisticated that, you know, they're they're still, um, you know, growing in that space. So I think there's a real opportunity in terms of those two equations really work in your favor. You do have to look at average price points. So typically in those markets, things are sold, uh, you know, at lower price points. So you may have to adopt a different product sourcing strategy uh, to what you may employ in the U.S. in order to be successful. Interesting. Um, so. So, yeah, um, and look, I think uh, in terms of the Middle East, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia obviously is, is quite a big country, you know, UAE, not so much, but I look at those more as portals to the wider Middle East, right? Um, right, I still because people like buy and sell, as you know, we talked about this on a yeah. webinar the other week, is people are buying outside of marketplaces, it's not just, I'm in Australia, I'm only buying in Australia in Amazon or .au, I could be buying in New Zealand, or I can be buying out of China, I can be buying out of wherever that might be. So there is lots of commerce that's happening in different countries and getting fulfilled in that outside uh, that country as well. Yeah, yeah, spot on, spot on. So what what is, so is that is that something that, you know, you said they're almost like hubs, right? We, we would call them like a hub of where most opportunity happens and people aren't thinking of it that way. They're looking at, hey, where's money being spent? And that's in the United States. We love spending our money. We don't like saving it. <laughs> we like to spend it on, uh, things like the next gadget or gizmo or uh, and buying things. And like, although 2020 showed us that e-commerce is no longer just a, um, not no longer a uh, commodity or, you know, a flash in the pan or anything like that. It's a necessity. Now a lot of people had to rely on it for some things like groceries and whatnot. What are, where, where's the world at right now? in each of these marketplaces is, is it where the United States is? Is it like, Hey, it's a necessity because of what we're seeing even still today is, is do you think that's going to really ramp up things as well? I, I think, look, uh, each market is different. So certainly, um, you know, China, very well developed, uh, North America, very well developed. Uh, I would say most other markets, I mean, Europe is quite de developed, uh, as well. I mean, but take something like Australia or even um, Southeast Asia or, or the Middle East. I mean, 
15 years ago, I lived uh, I, I lived in the middle of London and I ordered more things online back then than what I do now, right? Um, so, you know, certainly it, it's taking time. You know, there's uh, most other international markets. Certainly if you're looking from a, from a North American perspective and you're used to, you know, Amazon Prime and, and shopping that way, I would say most other international markets have not yet reached that level of maturity, uh, probably with the exception of, of, of China. Um, the other thing I would say is in a lot of markets, and Australia is a great example of that, we haven't yet solved the whole kind of, you know, how do you get all your everyday needs and buy those online, right? Um, particularly when it comes to online grocery shopping, fresh fruit and, and veg and those sorts of products, you know, that offer is still underdeveloped. You know, most of, most of the e-commerce transactions is still around, you know, electronics, you know, homewares, kitchenwares uh, and the like, you know, very little pantry. And by that, I mean sort of, you know, long life products that, that sort of, you know, you, you can ship in an ambient way, um, certainly growing, but the fresh offer is still quite undeveloped. So lots of, I think there's still lots of headroom left uh, in a lot of markets outside the United States. So when people use tools like you guys, the insights you're providing, is it more than just tapping into those markets? What, what other insights could they potentially pull that might be not where they can get other places? Is it just the holistic nature of that marketplace in general? Is it like keyword research or like a Helium 10 or a tool that you can find around the world? Like what are those other tools that they can maybe tap into with, with like a Merchant Spring? Yeah, so... Um, you know, we're trying to solve a number of pain points. So the first pain point, as I mentioned already, was just, just, just to cut out time, cut out admin time where actually you're not adding any value, you're not doing anything that's going to make your sales better. That's the first bit. The second bit that we do is, so let's say, you know, a lot of, a lot of our um, you know, typical customer in, in North America might be on Amazon, uh, US, Walmart, uh, eBay, have a Shopify store and then be uh, on, on Amazon in the UK as well. You know, simple example. The ability we pull everything together so you can see your total business. But what we also do is all the reports, whether it be sales insights, you know, down to sales by category or sales by product, uh, pricing insights, marketing insights, or operational insights. You know, and expand on those. Um, we we make them uh, we pull them together in in an homogenous way. So really, what that means, if I'm looking at my sales by product report for Amazon UK, it looks the same as my sales by product report for Shopify in North America, right? So there's not like, oh, I'm, I'm now on this back end or that back end. Oh, my, head, my head's hurting, what's going on? Uh, so we pull everything together. And then the next thing that we do is we provide a whole series of insights that, I mean, you could get, say, from uh, Amazon Seller Central. You just have to download a whole bunch of reports, do a series of VLOOKUPs, hope, hope for the best that you don't make any errors. And three hours later, you may have the same report. But things like quickly see sales by brand, Sales by, uh, you know, sales by category, um, sales by products grouped together, um, your buy box uh, trend, you know, and what's the, you know, who are you competing with? Um, lots of insights uh, that are not easily accessible. And then we go one step further and we say, right, here's an issue. Your ACOS on this campaign is 35%. It's too high. Fix that. We might say, look, these are five categories. Four of those, your sales are up 80% on last week, but there's one category that's in massive decline. What's going on? Fix that. So we, what we try and do is, is sort of take a torch and go, right, you've got an issue here. You've got an opportunity there. You've got a thing there. Um, go and have a look because if you fix that, you will drive your sales and you will grow this week. Interesting. Is that, is that for someone who might ask a question, is this something that you can manage all in this platform? Like, Although it's telling me this, can I fix it in your system and it talk to that specific marketplace? Um, or do you have to actually log in holistically into that portal and then make those changes? Currently, um, about half the things you can do within our platform. So you want to change your buy box pricing, you can do that in our platform. You're working on eBay item specifics, uh, for example, uh, and you know they're not completed, you can fix that uh, in our platform. Um, but yeah, we're adding uh, more and more sort of action features uh, as well. So right now is a good example we provide full drill down capability into your Amazon PPC campaigns, you know, including, you know, sponsored brand video. Um, but we don't allow you to stop, start, 
add keywords, change your bid strategy, for example. You know, that's coming, uh, you know, probably in about six weeks' time. So sure. we're always adding more, more actions. Uh, but our main point is just to help you understand your business uh, better. And then if we can save you more time by not having you log on to you know, the back of eBay or Shopify or um, Amazon, we'll help you save some time. Interesting. I mean, I, I keep saying interesting because it's a it's a solution that I think a lot of people take components of each, right? They'll take like, I'll only work on Amazon and maybe do a little bit of everything or just on Shopify. Um, all those points of data and resources, how often is that getting refreshed to somebody? Is it like daily? Is it hourly? Is it real time? What it like, because that takes a lot of computing powder, data, insights, resources, all that fun stuff. So yeah, how, are they, yeah. how, how is that speaking to me as a seller? Because most of the time, I need stuff real time, and yeah. I need to fix it quickly. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, no, absolutely. So, um, look, it, it depends on the type of information we're talking about. So, um, orders uh, are, are accurate up to sort of about the fifteen minute mark. Uh, so, every fifteen minutes, we will poll Amazon and get get a new get new orders in. So, your sales data should only ever be out of date, uh, no more than fifteen minutes. Um, buy box data, interestingly, Amazon will push any change to your buy box straight into our platform so that is literally we've, we've actually measured this it's between 20 and 30 seconds that you that you're updated on that um, and there are other things such as you know say product information where we're getting more detailed attribute information about certain products those types of informations we only get daily you know and part of that is you know just behind the scenes and you know this this sort of drives our dev team crazy uh most days is just doing the dancing act and, and working around, uh, you know, Amazon's or, or eBay's, you know, for that matter, like API throttling limitations. You know, you can only make so many calls an hour on certain things. So we, we've learned how to dance around that and, um, you know, make sure that sellers get what they need as quickly as possible. Awesome. And we, uh, just before we kind of hop on to other kinds of conversations, just giving a shout out to people who are watching on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. Uh, what's up, Lisa? Hey, uh, shouting out to both myself and Paul. And then Francois actually asked a question via Facebook. And again, for just shouting out to everyone who is watching live um, and wants to ask a question about holistic marketplaces growing to specific categories or countries, I should say. Um, we, we can ask those as well, and more than happy to kind of give our insights uh, with Paul. But Francois asks, does Merchant Spring cater to certain sized e-com seller? And I think we somewhat talked about in terms of how many locales that they're selling in. Is that is that mean financially they have to do a certain threshold in terms of volume as well? Uh, no, there is no. Would you say? No yeah, sure. There is no. There's no threshold. And I think if, if your sales are so low, uh, then you know, you're probably working out whether I should be on, on marketplaces at all. So if you're happy with your marketplace operation, we're probably a good fit, except if you're only running at one single store. You know, openly, um, you know, if you're just running, say, one Amazon store, you know, I don't think you'll get enough value out of our tool. And I'd love to, you know, there's some, you know, we all know them, right? There's some great Amazon tools, uh, you know, and I'm happy to sort of recommend uh, on that front. But as soon as you're selling uh, two or more, um, you know, and, and the more, uh, you know, the more is better, uh, then I think you'll find there's real value in using our tool. So most we, we have, um, you know, probably the, the, the smallest seller will have two or three stores, um, you know, maybe cross-platform, maybe cross-border. Uh, you know, our largest customer right now has over 180 different Amazon stores connected to a single dashboard. You know, and, and wow. looking to bring on another hundred. So, and we do everything in between. I would say the average is probably something like twelve for 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 sellers, or maybe eight to twelve. Uh, you know, on the agency front, is anywhere between twenty and you know the the figure I mentioned before. So, very cool. Uh, maybe shifting gears a little bit. When you're talking about this as a seller perspective, that's one thing. When you take it to the next level and go to an enterprise level, when I say enterprise, meaning like an agency or an aggregator or a, a business out there, if they're listening, how we've had them on the show before, they are dealing with hundreds of brands, thousands of products, if not hundreds of thousands of products. Two-part question for you. One, good thing for the Amazon or e-commerce community businesses like this existing. And then two, how would you bring value to if they're listening and this is almost like not a pitch, but like how are, and they need a solution to manage 
thousands upon thousands of SKUs and growing their business on a very holistic approach. What are you telling them in terms of like the tools and resources they have available to make their jobs a lot easier? Yeah, sure, sure. No, great, great question. Um, I think if I get your first question right, you know, is there a role for say full full service marketplace agencies and, and FBA's investors in this ecosystem? Look, to me, absolutely. Um, because I think marketplaces offer a fantastic opportunity to, to you know, expand your e-commerce sales uh, exponentially. Um, you know, and especially I think where agencies, you know, like the business we start are very helpful is if you're dealing with existing brands who are very used to like, you know, maybe bricks and mortar retail, um, they may just get, you know, be used to running their Shopify side or their WooCommerce side or whatever that might be. But, you know, being an expert on Amazon requires a, is a massive learning curve. Um, uh, so it's it's always good to 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 kind of hire experts. Otherwise, you know, as, as you know, Ryan, like you know, mistakes on Amazon can be very, very, very costly. Right? Um, <laughs> yes. You know, interesting. I, I I remember talking a lot about like I, I used to spend like people get the idea of driving sales, but I used to spend a lot of time just explaining this concept. You know, what is seller health on Amazon, and why is it so important, and why does Amazon get upset if you sh if you ship orders late? You know. Concepts like that, if you're not in a marketplace world and you're just used to running your own you know, store, a lot of those kind of, you know, some of my customers got very upset. You know, it's like my product, why, why is Amazon like that? That's just the way it is. If you want to be successful, you know, you need expertise in that. So I think there's definitely a massive role for uh, for agencies. Uh, you know, I'm really working with, with specialized uh, partners on that front. Um, in terms of sort of, you know, if I speak to agencies and, and what I call FBAs, FBA investors uh, uh, directly, and, you know, actually we have many of them are, are, are frequent users of our platform. Um, the big pitch uh, or, or so what for, for agencies and investors is, you know, the ability to, you know, let's say, let's say you're an agency or, or let me take a you know, real life example, um, FBA investor over 20, they've already made about 20 acquisitions in Europe. Um, you know, they've raised a lot of money and they're pretty good at deal making, right? And, you know, it's the same with, you know, Threshold obviously raised lots of money. They've just acquired their 100 store. They're really good at doing deals, acquiring stores. But then you've got those stores. And guess what? That money that you just used to buy those stores, that's not your money. That's the investor's money. And they expect you to take that store and take it to the next level so we can sell it in a future date and make a really, you know, 5x return, right? Um, so then the big question becomes, you know, I'm sitting on these 20 stores, 50 stores, I bought them, I'm feeling pretty happy, but how do I now manage those in a really efficient way? You know, Amazon is complex. Uh, so, you know, our prop is really simple, which is all of these stores connect into a single dashboard. So you can see in real time what parts of your investment portfolio is, is working well and not working well. And again, you know, we're using the same logic around you know, putting a spotlight on the stores are not working well. Why are they not working well? What do you need to do about that? Um, you know, is it sales related? Is it operations related? Is it seller health related? Um, you know, again, providing some real shortcuts to a providing overall portfolio performance and b um, you know allowing their operations team to really focus on sales driving activity. You know, which is just like agencies and individual marketplace sellers, they're just as interested in that topic. So, um, what? Yeah. What about like other places where commerce is happening, or I say online, social media platforms? I think a lot of people agree that purchasing and finding either listings through social media, whether it's a Facebook, an Instagram, uh, you know, even even audio firms such as like Clubhouse, if people are coming in through different forms of there, are you providing any sort of data analytics, holistic reporting in terms of they can come and buy on marketplace, not just on marketplaces like on social media, but then also if trackable nature, if like there's, if there's traffic that's coming from these resources, like through these uh, sources of traffic, is that another insight you can flip onto a customer and say, hey, you got a spike in TikTok and they're all going to Amazon because you were featured on uh, TikTok uh, influencer. Th those are things yeah. that you can constantly reach out and find quicker than just looking at numbers and you're like, what the hell happened? And you have no yeah, idea where yeah. it all came from. Is that is that something you guys help service and look into? Yeah, uh, uh, to a very limited extent. You know, I'll, I'll be transparent here. Um, we, we are keeping a very close eye on on Facebook and what's Facebook doing in this whole market marketplace uh, game. Um, that's certainly one we're watching quite actively. Um, 
Uh, right now, probably for the eBay platform, we do provide some traffic uh, analysis and, and insights there and it allows you to see what, what traffic came external to the platform versus what came external. Um, so we do a little bit of that, um, but you know, openly we're, we haven't yet completely ventured into that, that space. Uh, would love to, obviously. A lot of people are asking also, you know, you connected my Shopify store, when, when can I connect Google Shopping, right? Because then you can see you know, everything together. Um, and you know, now I can start, you know, what's really interesting until now I can start comparing profitability. Now I've got this particular product and I'm selling it on Shopify, on Amazon, uh, and maybe on Walmart, you know, show me the sales comparison, show me the rate of sale now, but also right after selling fees, advertising, fulfillment fees, actually, where am I making money, right? I think that that is the, 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 the million dollar question that, um, that, that we want to answer for, uh, for clients so they can make better decisions in terms of how do you, where do you, where do you put your working capital, right? And where do you put your energies and efforts so that ultimately we, you know, the only reason we're talking about this and sellers are listening is like, you know, that, that number that gets deposited in your bank account, right? Uh, every fortnight, that's, you know, how do we maximize for that uh, through a multi-marketplace strategy? Or if you're in ping pong's case, you can get it deposited whenever you feel like it, it doesn't have to be every, uh, every 14 days. You can hold on to it whenever you want. So you anyways, <laughs> I'm just going to say that right there. Uh, for, yeah, for conversion reasons, right? You may not want to have like a thousand, uh, you know, uh, euros hitting your bank account converting that right now. You might want to hold on to it. Uh, anyways, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> sign up for a free account today, everyone. Below, check out below. <laughs> um, so, so Paul, like you guys, you guys are what, what, a, a year into this, you've been really kind of finagling with uh, in the solution, right? Is that fair to say? Like, been active, been live working with customers? Is that the time yeah. frame typically? The platform is, is two years old, um, and okay. we uh, launched it to external customers. So, we, you know, broadly speaking, we used it and, and really uh, kicked the tires on it internally ourselves for about a year. And then last year, we we opened up, opened it up to. It was, I think, September last year, late August. We opened it up to uh, to the broader seller community and agency community. Interesting. So I say interesting, and I and I use that phrase a lot. Uh, the question I, I kind of like fear asking, but I'm going to be brave enough. What is the one thing that you still struggle with and you're still banging your head on in terms of, I can't figure out this problem. If you're going to be real with our listeners, what's the one problem that you guys are still trying to figure out and it just hasn't yielded uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, an answer? There's lots of... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think the one that I, I don't yet have, a, like a lot of times it's just about, you know, it's about development priorities and what you do first, right? But there's one thing that I think we don't have a technical answer to yet. Although someone, uh, you know, the, the guys at, at, at Buybox that gave me gave me some great tips last week. Uh, so kudos to, uh, to Scott and the team there. But um, how do we get business performance report data out of Amazon, right? So, um, you know, one of, the, one of the challenges you've got with Amazon, unlike some other marketplaces, is you cannot get uh, organic traffic data, the conversion data via API. Right? So, but this is super interesting to know, right? Sellers want to know it. I want to know it. Um, so yeah, that that is the one thing. You know, we get it for PPC, but for for organics, organic listings. I'd and love and for more it. simplistic reasons, this is just someone browsing, no sort of clickable ad, nothing. They're just landing and making a purchase. You have no idea yep. in terms of impression impression numbers or in terms of like clicks, no conversions, and then just straight up conversions through organic. That's correct. Is that correct? Correct. 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 And so they do that. And you think they do that? Why? I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna set you up on a T. Why does Amazon do that? Uh, it's it's a good question, right? Because uh, everyone else does it in theory, right? Everyone, yeah, every, yeah. all other marketplaces do it. Why doesn't Amazon? Let me kind of answer it in a really roundabout way, and I apologize up front. You look at, from our R tool point of view, you look at Amazon's uh, APIs, right? And and there's the MWS APIs, uh, which is the, sort of the marketplace web services. And, and you know, actually, they've, you know, kudos to them. They've upgraded to the you know, selling partner APIs last year, and it's been really great. You know, definitely a step on. And then you've got your advertising APIs. If you ask my dev, dev team, what APIs do you love the most? Right, they will say advertising. Like the advertising APIs are so smooth, it works perfectly. You know, the documentation matches what you get back. It's perfect. Part of that, uh, look, I wouldn't use the word deliberate. I guess I just have. Um, 
but you know clearly advertising is big business for Amazon, right? So, sure. uh, you know, and they're actively encouraging people to build up platforms to do advertising capability. I think there is still part of it that says, look, that they'd like to keep some goodies up their sleeves so as to encourage you know customers still to occasionally check into Seller Central. I think that's the case. Uh, it could also be as simple as you know it's just not a, a development priority for them. Um, so yeah, it's um, we'll go we'll go with the we'll go with the first answer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, it, it makes sense, right? Like you want you don't want to give away all the uh, secrets and you know in the kitchen. You want to you want to say like, hey, it's that extra special seasoning uh, that makes it taste so good, right? It's it's yeah. the secret sauce, if you will, of what makes them so powerful. That being said, who's catching up quicker? Who, uh, you have this holistic view, like you have a big scope that you're looking at. You've probably seen over the past two plus or two plus years or so doing this. Who's catching up and closing that gap? Um, Maybe not just on dev, but like in terms of like making it easier for a seller to start selling on their platform, and you know can make a percentage or like 10, per, 10 points of their business on that one platform or even more, uh, more so who's, who's catching up. Look, I would say, first of all, it feels like the rate of innovation and, and the tools that are being offered to sellers is increasing. And I think part of that is because the competition between marketplaces to attract high quality sellers is increasing. Um, look, I would have to say eBay right now is moving the fastest. Um, really? But I would put that in the context of, you know, probably many, many years of complete, uh, again, let's not try and be harsh, you know, these are all our friends, um, but, you know, a serious underinvestment in, in the backend functionality for sellers, right? Um, Which is fair. It's fair to say, it's, and criti uh, like, I'm not criticize, it's just to say, compared apples to oranges, yeah. one's going to taste sweeter yeah. than the other. So um, I would certainly not be saying, look, eBay has now got ahead of everyone, far from it, but they have done a lot of catch up, right? You know, the, the tools they've got now, even just in terms of basic traffic information, you know, listing uh, quality tools, things have just gone a little bit smoother and, and they just removed a bunch of pain points. And they've, they've, you can really see they've put a big focus on that. So when it comes to like velocity in the last 12 months or so, I would have to certainly... Uh, have to have to give it to to eBay on that front, um, but you know Amazon never stops, right? It, it, every week I log on to Seller Central, I see something new, right? Um, so you know Amazon is known for innovation, and I think I don't know if they still do this, but you know this idea that they do like twelve product releases a day. You know, obviously some are really small, but um, you know they they are their you know, app, app just uh, their buyer app just uh, changed their uh, UI, yeah. and I thought it yeah. was even smoother than uh, what is done before. It's almost like easier, like I, I'll, I'll give my insight. Like it's easier to return to check out your order to see all these different placements. I say it's been highlighted more in terms of sponsor displayed ads instead of organic listings. Uh, I think there's a lot in terms of the UI happening on the mobile side that's constantly changing. And like you said, it's it's continuously moving. I I'm connected with a business development um, resource over at Amazon who's been there for three and a half years is what he said. And he's moved on to a quote special project. Wasn't even told what it was moved over to that division. Won't say his name, but he said like, yeah, uh, it's going to be about a couple of years or a year or two. And then release this project. He didn't even know he was working on until he gets there. And then they're already like full fledged moving forward. So again, innovation is going to continue to happen and develop outside of like you guys, where's innovation happening in the e-commerce in Amazon or, you know, Eco's uh, sphere of marketplaces? Where's innovation happening? Is, is it a company? Is it a, a um, you know, a service? Where's innovation happening, do you think, outside of you guys? Yeah. Um, and don't say ping pong because, like, I'm not doing that for uh, <laughs> namesake. The only innovation yeah. is in the payment space, right? Um, well, no. it's, it's, it's obvious. Like, I'm not going to say the obvious answer, but oh, in your context, where do you think innovation continues to happen? Or is happening? Um, yeah, look, it, it's happening on, on on a number of fronts. Uh, you know, we were uh, we were. I was talking to one of our customers in in, in Phoenix, Arizona, this morning. Uh, he was, uh, you know, talking about you know there seems to be a whole next generation of uh, you know sort of Amazon research tools that are popping up, uh, you know, on the scene. Um, you know, the one he mentioned was like just just one dime. I haven't actually checked it out, so this is not a plug. But oh, uh, uh, just one dime in. Uh 
Oh my gosh. I'm going to blank on his name. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. So, uh, you know, they're, they're certainly on my kind of, um, list to check out and actually every every thursday in our office the cto my co-founder and i have a, a show and tell session and and we look at things that we found during the course of the week you know other parts of the amazon ecosystem say right this is interesting you know that's interesting i like how they're doing that um so so there's a bit of that um i also see um people really investing a lot more heavy on on content itself on amazon you know it's just uh, even just in the service provider space um you know, being a lot more niche around, you know, I just do Amazon video, or I just do Amazon brand pages. Or, so, you know, specialization seems to really be happening as well. Um, Thank you, Lisa. You took uh, the name out of my mouth, Seth Neep. Yep. Um, and um, look, the other thing that's that's obviously interesting from a sort of macro point of view um, is that a lot of big bricks and mortar retailers are getting into this marketplace game, right? And it's been happening for a few years. Um, and you've got people like, you know, obviously in the US, you, you know, you, you've seen that for a while. Um, we're hearing a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess what you call it, like, uh, you know, um, a, a lot of positive noise uh, around, you know, Target and what's Target Target's doing with Target Plus in the US, uh, you know, and that's certainly on our list. Um, but also, you know, places like, uh, you know, or businesses like Miracle, who are essentially a marketplace uh, plug-in provider. It's almost like, you know, plug and play, bolted onto your own website. It's not as simple as that. These are expensive solutions, but you know, the amount of marketplaces, you know, they, their model is tee up with a retailer, like typically a well-known uh, mass market retailer, leverage their, their e-commerce asset. You know, typically these guys are already in the top 10 e-commerce sites uh, for a particular market, and then just bolt on marketplace functionality. You know, we've seen that here in, here in Europe, uh, in, in, in Australia, we've seen it in Europe, North America, and, you know, those guys are also really rolling out marketplaces and then, you know, as a result, marketplace options really, really quickly for uh, for sellers. So, you know, there's another big, big trend that we see and we think will continue uh, for the foreseeable future. Is there a, uh, a country that besides, I know you mentioned India, is there other countries that you're like on your radar, like invest heavily in? Like, for example, um, it was announced today, I think on PR wire, or I say today, year yesterday. Huh. Uh, God, I love saying that it never gets old. Um, uh, I think it was uh, Thrasio again, a big number that they're investing in Japan. I think 250 million, uh, to acquire businesses in Japan, which everyone knows that that is a, the third largest marketplace in terms of visibility or eyeballs that reach Amazon, but also it's split pretty down the middle with Rakuten. I think Rakuten's still number one. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that a marketplace on your guys' radar or, um, or any other countries that might be underserved that you mentioned? Yeah, um, look, um, Japan is is on our radar, but we consider it to be a fairly mature market. Uh, you know, and it's fairly, you know, one of the countries, what creates uh, a lot of interest on our part in order to take a focus is growth, but also, the ability to do cross-border trade. You know, Japan itself is quite a closed uh, country, so it's predominantly local buyers there. And of course, there is the uh, the language, uh, you know, the language requirements here, which which creates some barriers. But as you as you correctly point out, it is it is large, uh, and um, you know we do support it uh, from our tool point of view. Um, I think you know we are keeping a really close eye on Rakuten. You mentioned them. Um, you know, a bit, bit sad to see that they announced it's sort of pulling out of the US and most of Europe and, and they seem to be sort of consolidating back into Japan. Uh, you know, if they hadn't done that, we probably would have built a Rakuten uh, a connector by now uh, because, you know, I think there are big brand uh, there. But look, the other the other places that are that are really interesting for us is, um, you know, we're keeping a close eye on, on South America, right? Um, right. It's kind of this, this whole continent. Um, where you know you really got in Mercado Libre like sort of running you know you know that's it yes Amazon is in Brazil uh, but it just feels like uh, you know a, a territory where we're going to see uh, a lot more um, evolution and innovation there um, and then um, you know there are some other places in in, in Southeast Asia I'm, I've mentioned some of them before you know some of them are just absolutely messy but. Some other market markets like Korea um, and to a lesser extent Taiwan, um, they are quite interesting to me because they don't share the characteristics that of, of the rest of Southeast Asia or even you know China. Like they seem to have four or five uh, big marketplaces 
that are like completely local, right? So no one has really managed to sort of get in there. And, you know, for example, Shopee is not in Korea. Lazada is not in, in Korea. You know, there's all these local ones. I think, you know, eBay has some presence through an acquisition many, many years ago. Um, but, you know, it's almost like these are parallel universes, right? And, uh, you know, that's to me makes it very interesting. You know, certainly someone like Korea, you know, I think our research, I'm just looking at our numbers here. We did a big research project, you know, um, something like, um, you know, half a million uh, marketplace sellers, you know, you know, selling across, you know, um, coupon, we make price and a bunch of other marketplaces that, you know, most of us probably never heard of. Um, so, uh, yeah, in very interesting. Uh, not a place I would, I would suggest you start, you know, your first international market, by the way, but um, I think useful to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, in just the research I was doing in terms of like global market value, if you combine Southeast Asia in terms of its quadrants, like all those different ones you add in Singapore, you add in, I think, Indonesia into that sector, you talk about the fourth largest GMV in the entire world behind, I want to say United States, China, and maybe India, or maybe just a part of Europe, I want to say Western Europe. So you talk mm -hmm. about a really possibly large opportunity, just connecting it all piece by piece. It hasn't been figured out yet. So I think that's a, that's something I've heard as once that figures out, like Amazon logistically figures out how to get goods from one to the other and kind of like connected that area of the world, you're going to really find this opportunity to hit billions of people pretty quickly. And then a large, you know, uh, buying power as well. I would love to have you on, Paul. I know you got other things and people are yelling in your background. They're like probably doing deals with like other marketplaces and whatnot. But before I let you go, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, how can people learn more about Merchant Spring, touch base with you, utilize your tool, however that might be? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, look, the, the best way to do it is just head to our website, merchantspring.io. Um, you can sign up for uh, you know a seven-day free trial, no credit card required. Um, we really want to work with sellers and agencies and get them to really like we almost challenge them to say connect your stores and really kick the tires, right? Put our tool to your paces, and um, you'll see you'll you'll very quickly realize how much time you're saving and you know um, the you know how the new insights are helping you to drive your sales. So I guess just a challenge to anyone out there who's listening: if you are selling. Um, to uh, you know, on, on two or three marketplaces or more, you know, it can be up to 180, as I mentioned before. Go and check us out. Set up a free trial, and um, if you've got specific requirements, uh, you want to talk about something specifically, feel free to just send me a direct message via the LinkedIn inbox, and uh, I'll get back to you too. Awesome, I love that. And everyone, again, if you're watching online, checked out and put that in to the show notes in the comment section, also in the show notes of our podcast for download uh, here in the near future. Um, go ahead and check out MerchantSpring.io today. Paul, thank you so much for hopping on today, man. It's always a pleasure talking with you. We have our own project we're working on every other two weeks, talking about going into different marketplaces on top of like a couple other partners of ours that we're working with. So I'm really excited to be doing that with you um, and the other two businesses, uh, Novaland and Vat Global. So check us out on that as well. Is there any anything else you want to add before we cap off uh, today, my tomorrow, your yesterday? Uh, look, I just say want to want to say thank you, Ryan. And uh, can I just say the weather tomorrow for you anyway is going to be cloudy and rain uh, by the looks of it. So uh, my, I'm my sorry man, to that's say, what it was like um, today. It, it sucked today, but it was warm. That's all I care about. Mike, it's your it's turning your winter, correct? Is that is that yeah, how this works? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so it's getting warmer. So I'm I will take any any degree higher than it was yesterday. I'm all about it. So, but yeah, you guys are staying safe. Everything good in Australia. Good. You guys are family happy, healthy, good to go. Stay yeah, safe. Yeah, no, we're all good. We're, we're all good. So, uh, thank you, man. Wait and until now. you can travel again, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. We're getting <laughs> to know a lot of our backyard, right? Um, traveling around the state, all these places you've heard about for years, but never actually visited. Now's the time, right? So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, stay all safe. Right. Continue to innovate. I appreciate your time here on the show. Uh, thank you so much uh, for your time again. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. And again, that was Paul uh, from MerchantSpring.io. Again, that is his website, MerchantSpring.io. MerchantSpring is an omni-channel resource that will help you be able to get into different countries, marketplaces, all in one tool. So definitely check that out. Again, 
Thank you so much, everyone, for staying with us throughout this entire episode of Crossover Commerce. I appreciate you guys tuning in, putting your questions, your comments, your concerns, your thoughts. Appreciate it all. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. If you loved what we have to hear, if we had to hear, give us your comments and thoughts of how we can improve this show. But again, we go live about four to five times per week. Constant information I'm throwing your way to make sure you are optimized in your business, no matter if you're a beginner or if you are taking over the globe one brand at a time, one country at a time, one marketplace at a time. I'm Ryan Kramer. This is my show, Crossover Commerce. Thanks for tuning in and check us out next time. Again, tomorrow we'll be going live early in the AM here in the United States. Check us out. I have Matt from PPC Entourage. Always, is this it's going to be his first time on a podcast, so I'm going to just grill him all the information, squeeze all the information I can out of him about content creation and social media for Amazon sellers. Don't want to miss that. Go ahead and tune in next time. Again, episode 80 tomorrow, live here on Crossover Commerce. Take care, everyone.